Let's go. Okay. First attempt at this is a absolute blunder because we forgot to record, but I guess we don't um we're just gonna be talking about the our Eastern Conference like over under wins and losses. Jonah will explain it further, but La- the last intro I had, I forgot to introduce Tanner. Tanner, this is his first time. Welcome to All Gear No Game. But let's get into this. Oh, it's your first time. Yeah. Nice. All right, Jonah. All right. So I'll keep this brief. We're getting back to everyone's <laughs> favorite tradition: NBA win totals. Last year we did horribly, but Kellen did slightly less horribly than than me and Shannon. And um, let's get straight into it with the Boston Celtics and. Helen will give you the rundown on Boston. Boston Celtics, Ime Udoka, kind of a creeper, but still going to give them. Um, okay. Is 60 bad, though? Because, I mean, Eastern Conference champs, dude. Jason and Jalen? I don't know. Mm, how long's Robert out for? Because now I know that he's hurt. Two or three months. I, I'm, I'm going to just keep him in the green. I'll say 55. Okay. Is that disrespectful? How many did they win last year, though? No, I don't think 55 is disrespectful at all. I'm going to yeah. give him 51. I really um, have a lot of questions about the front court, about how much um, pressure is going to be on Al Horford to play a lot of minutes, or else you're going to dip into Grant Williams at center minutes, or Fiondo Cabangle and Luke Cornett are the only other two options. So I really don't think this is a sustainable front court rotation that they're going to be rolling out there. And then I think because they made the NBA finals last year, they might place a little bit less importance on the regular season. This is still a really deep team. So I think they'll still win a lot of games, but I think low fifties sounds about right for this group. Did I fucking say 60? Dude, I'm an idiot. I forgot that how hard it is to win 60 games in the NBA. <laughs> I'm so dumb, but it's okay. Yeah, good. 50 on my watch. I'm going to have to say 52. I think if Gallinari was healthy and mm-hmm. was playing the entire season, mm-hmm. I would be a little more on board for them going for the over, but I don't think it's going to happen. Not with the most obnoxious teammate in Grant Williams. I wonder why <laughs> they've been so hesitant to bring in Carmelo Anthony because in theory, Carmelo Anthony should be a pretty good Danilo Gallinari replacement, but all the reports have been that the Celtics aren't interested at all, which I, I don't really understand. I thought Carmelo had a great year last year for, for Los Angeles. So hopefully he finds a spot before too long. Uh, Let's move on to the Chicago bulls. Another team that's going to be missing a starter to begin the season. Most likely that's Lonzo ball, not very much perimeter defense on this team um, between DeRozan, Levine, and probably Drogic in the backcourt. Vucevic isn't really the guy who you want cleaning up all the messes that those three are going to make. I'm going to give these guys 36 wins. I also think some of the mid-range shooting last year was a bit unsustainable. Last year, these guys were really good in clutch games. DeRozan had an absolutely unreal um, season last year in the clutch time, which um, normally you would expect that to regress a little bit because a lot of clutch performances more luck-based and not really something you expect to continue year over year. So 36 for these guys. Changed my mind after realizing that DeMar DeRozan is only 33. I think he's going to be even better this year. What, what do they have, Matt? I see him. I, I give him 45. 45 big ones. Isn't 33 considered old for the NBA? 
Because we were talking about Clay Thompson, you guys were acting like he's a grandpa and he's never going to come back and be good. Well, he's only like 31. So but 30, I actually thought he was like 35, 36. He has the lower body of a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to be positive since we absolutely crapped on them, like I said last time. I'm going to give him 44. I'm going to give him 39. The rest of the East got a lot, be- got a lot better while they kind of digressed. All right, let's move along to one of the splashiest teams of the offseason, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who gave up the farm, at least in terms of picks, to bring in Donovan Mitchell. Also on the way out is um, Colin Sexton, who was a free agent anyways, and then Laurie Markkinen, who started actually a lot of games for this team last year, and then Osheg Baji, who was the rookie they took with the 14th overall pick out of Kansas. And I think we're... 50 for Khan. Where I wanted to start with this team, I touched on it a little bit, is who they're starting at small forward because you've got Darius Garland, you've got Mitchell, you've got Mobley, you've got Allen. That's a great core, but they really don't have anybody to put next to those people, to, next to those guys, rather. Um, if you play a Coro, you're giving up a lot of shooting. You're going to have three non-shooters out there. Dylan Windler, not a lot of perimeter defense. Kyrus Lever really gives you none of those things. I think they better go with Dean Wade. They signed him to a three-year, $18 million extension this offseason. He's a low usage player, had like 10% usage last season, but he shoots threes pretty efficiently. Last year, he shot 36, so about league average. I think the year before, in his second season, he shot about 38%. Last year, he was miserable from the corners, though, and he actually shot it pretty well, if memory serves, from the corners in his second season. So you hope that maybe he can he can get back up to the high 30s this year if he has the same diet of shots. And then probably the best wing defender on this team. He's really the guy you'd want going up against somebody like LeBron or Kawhi Leonard, that sort of thing. Um, if you're going, if you're playing like the Warriors or the Hawks or the Trailblazers or one of these teams with a really good guard, maybe you'll go um, Isaac Okoro. I think really the question you have to ask though is how much is this team's weak perimeter defense going to matter? Like, can Mobley be? Can Mobley and Allen just be so dominant? Can the interior defense just be so good that they can allow you know a million shots at the rim and still be fine? And I think the answer to that is yes because. Last year, the Jared Allen and Evan Mobley combination played 2,100 possessions together, which accounted for a little bit under a third of the Cavaliers' total possessions. And their defensive rating was 105.7, which is 94th percentile. That would have been the best in the NBA if they could have sustained it over the whole season. And what was really interesting is um, when those two played together, opponents shot 54% at the rim, which is 100th percentile. Like that is an insanely low percentage to shoot at the rim. And they were giving up a ton of shots there. They gave up 37% of their opponent's shots at the rim, which is a lot. And so what that pretty much indicates is that last year, the Cavs perimeter defense was just non-existent. You know, they let guys get straight to the rim, but Allen and Mobley were cleaning it up, you know, just fine. I think that'll continue again this year. I think they're going to have really dominant room protection. And I don't think the fact that um, Mitchell and Garland aren't the best defenders, I don't think that'll hurt them too much in the regular season, at least in the playoffs. I think the lack of like forwards on this team will become a bit of an issue, but during the regular season, I'm going to give these guys 47 wins. Is that enough to make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Um, 
I like your take. I think they're gonna. I think the perimeter defense. I think they're gonna be good, man. I'm gonna give them 48. Is everybody in the green on them? Mm. I have to agree. I'm kind of curious to see how it's gonna be with uh, such a small backcourt and Donovan Mitchell and Garland, Sexton, or, ugh, yeah. Darius Garland. But like, I still think it'll work out eventually. I think they'll just have to work through a few rough patches at the beginning of the season. So I'm guessing they're going to go uh, 49. I think Donnie's going to be rejuvenized. Mm. I was mm-hmm. unimpressed with him last year. All right, let's go to a team that has been the topic of much discussion during the first um, day of media day, which is actually today. And that is the Brooklyn Nets, who had you know quite the eventful offseason, which actually ended up being not that eventful, just a bunch of sound and fury signifying really you know, who knows what they're, they're returning Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, ben Simmons will in theory, make his debut for this team. They signed TJ Warren. They traded a first round pick to get Royce O'Neal. Am I forgetting any other major acquisitions? These guys uh, made? Yeah. I think Chris Chioza. Jeez, Jonah. Is that a real signing or is he, he's he must just ESPN roster? He must so just I be mean... a, tra- he must just be a training camp guy. I think, I don't think he's oh, on a real no. deal. Oh, that's disrespectful, man. But yeah, I think these guys are going to be pretty good when fully formed. In 2021, Ben Simmons was second in the NBA in three-pointers assisted per 100 possessions. Um, He assisted just over five three-pointers per 100 possessions. And when you look at this Nets roster, you've got Patty Mills, TJ Warren, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. What all those guys have in common is that they've all had multiple seasons where they've shot over 40% from deep. You've also got Royce O'Neal, who has multiple seasons at 39%. I just think when you get a guy like Ben Simmons, who puts so much pressure on the rim, who drives to the basket so often, but is also a great passer and very much often too willing to set his teammates up for open looks. When you surround a guy like that with just a bunch of elite three-point shooters, I think these guys' offense, I think it's going to be pretty sick. I think they're going to struggle on defense quite a bit. In the playoffs, you know, um, they could actually have some pretty interesting defensive lineups. They could at least have a lot of size if you go out there with like Claxton, Durant, Ben Simmons, the three of those guys. Joe Harris is a pretty rugged defender. Um, but trying on defense hasn't exactly been, you know, Kevin Durant's MO for the past few seasons, really, since I was in middle school is probably the last time Katie tried on defense in the regular season. So these guys are going to be pretty bad on defense, I think. But yeah, I, I my kind of hot take about Brooklyn is that these guys are going to be the best offense in the NBA during the regular season. I just think the Ben Simmons plus shooting combination is just going to be too much to overcome. And then like in late shot clock sort of isolation situations, you've still got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving who are you know, two of the best ISO players in the NBA. So these guys, all these their offense is just going to be so overpowered. They're going to have Joe Harris for a full season. Finally, they're going to have Seth Curry for a full season. They got him at the trade deadline as just kind of a throw in in the Harden deal. So I'm going to go 51 wins for these guys. Did you talk about Ben Simmons at all? A little bit. Okay. That, that man, interesting. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, uh, 49. Because somebody's going to get hurt, dude. Like, there's just no way. They got enough. Yeah, I think you're right. There's going to be in and outs, but I think they have enough, man. I'm excited for Joe Harris to be back. I'm going 44 games last year, Dong. Did you say 52, Chan? 52. 
I'm also going to give them 52. I think they're embarrassed after how last season ended being swept yeah. in the playoffs. And I think hopefully they will have worked through their drama a little bit with Steve Nash in the front office. I think yeah. Ben is going to have a good year too. Yeah. Yeah. And Bro, we should, last uh, Duke, why would you name your kid David? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. And like Shannon, I'm, I'm also expecting Simmons to have a good year. It's worth saying just because we haven't mentioned this, like, maybe the mental issues are just going to be so debilitating that he can like just never return to the all NBA all-star caliber player. He once was in Philadelphia. Like I'm not writing off that possibility or ignoring it by any means, but I just think when healthy, um, this team is just so stacked that I, I still have to believe in them for now. And as sort of, um, as sort of a teaser, this team will figure very heavily, um, in my postseason predictions. Kellen, do you want to pick where we go next? Yeah, uh, let's go to mm, let's go to the Orlando Magic. All right, <laughs> or we go to the Heat because I let's go to the Magic hairstyle today. It's freaking, it's freaking sick. I'm gonna say Magic, uh, dude. Honestly, Jonah, could the Magic be good this year? I don't know. Oh, could they? Got the pick, Dude, right? I honestly think that they might actually be kind of fire this year. Let's go. I don't know if they make the playoffs. Nah, they wouldn't make the playoffs. Let's go 35. I just like all their, their young stars, dude. And they gave the Warriors trouble. So, I mean, that's that's a good indication of whether they're good or not, right? Who are, who are their young stars? We got Paolo, Cole Anthony. I have the whole roster, right? Is is Cole Anthony a young star? Oh yeah, like maybe in the media, <laughs> yeah, not on the court though. <laughs> oh, dude, they've got Mark Hell. Yes. Oh, Jonathan Isaac's good, but he, is he still hurt? Oh, I think he's always hurt. I like yeah, Chumo Kiki. Chumo Kiki destroyed the Warriors. I remember uh, that game. And you have twenty Oh, they got Wagner. Oh yeah, Mo. Oh yeah, he never misses a game either. Mo Wagner's an absolute savage. I'm going to give these guys 28 wins. I think they're going to be solid defensively, but What's I just... Franz that doesn't miss games. Franz. I, yeah, it's Franz. Franz is the better one. Franz is so good. Moe's okay. I don't know. Yeah, dude. 35. I like it. I kind of like the Magic. They're up and coming. They're like the Washington football team of the uh, NBA. Or the now they got blown out yesterday. Yeah, I know, but they got so many, <laughs> they got so many weapons, dude. Carson Wentz just sucks ass. <laughs> So bad. Um, I I was thinking originally for oh yeah, 29. 29. That's a good pick. All right, should we go next to their Florida counterparts, the Miami Heat? Yeah. Did they make any major adjustments? Not at all. They lost PJ Tucker, and that's about the only interesting thing that happened. They drafted Nikola Jovich. Oh, that's right. That was pretty interesting. One pick away from the Warriors. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you guys got Patrick Baldwin, so hopefully that works out. Yeah, I don't think the Heat are going to be very good, honestly. I'm not very optimistic about the Heat. I don't really – I like I, I like to come from a uh, – I, I, I would just say that my NBA predictions come from a place of intuition much more than they do from a place of – 
statistical evidence or anything like that. I mean, your, your intuition was nine and 30 last year. So like that, why move away from what's, what's working. Uh, I just don't, I don't see like the most engaging thing that I've gotten from the heat is the whole fake dreadlocks thing for Jimmy. And I just don't really see that as a reason for them to be motivated to win anything. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think they'll, I mean, they're, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think they'll be contending with the top of the, the East this year. Um, I'll probably give them like, wait, what did I give? What did I give Brooklyn? You give them 52. I get, I give Miami, uh, 45. I will give them 49 wins. Ooh. You're that guy. I'll say uh, I'm going to keep it positive. We'll give them 50. Everybody can't be in the green, though, Kellen. We have to pick somebody. I know. <laughs> keep it positive. I'm thinking 47. I think Duncan Robinson kind of fell out of the rotation. And, well, if Victor Oladipo actually continues to yeah. improve again i think they'll do well but i just can't see it happening right now yeah free free duncan robinson somebody should trade for that guy i still think he's one of like the 25 30 best shooting guards in the nba but it it does seem that he's going to be stuck by like behind Struess and hero and oladipo um yeah somebody somebody should make a trade for him all right should we go to the milwaukee bucks next mm, yes this is another team that had, you know, a rather boring offseason. I think you'd have to say they they drafted Marjan Beauchamp. Um, they brought brought in Joe Ingles with the mid-level exception. That was kind of their big move. But Joe Ingles is going to be out for um, at least a large portion of the season. And you, you really have to think they're going to be conserving his production for the playoffs. And so I don't really know what kind of impact you'll have in the regular season. I'm going to give these guys 51 wins. Yeah, these boys are win now, huh? There's a lot of thirty-year-olds on this roster. Yep, a lot of old men, Shannon. Um, I'm gonna go. I guess we got to do. We got to go forty-nine for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I give them. I give them fifty-three. I still think they're regular season Titans. I'm also going to fifty-three. Yeah, they do have a lot of. A lot of aspects like the rim protection you know they get out in transition a lot they um get a lot of rebounds like that stuff is pretty like pretty repeatable year over year and as long as they have like Giannis and brooke lopez i think they'll be able to do a lot of that but um i think colin's right too that a lot of these players are going to start aging out here pretty soon you know they brought back wesley matthews who's a dinosaur at this point he's iron um, man yeah <laughs> all right um let's think what team am I very optimistic on? Let's go to the Indiana Pacers, which to me, this was the one number where I just see it. And, you know, this makes zero sense. Like, I don't I don't know how they came up with 23 and a half, but I don't see it. Like, they, they've got great guard play. I, I really think the world of Tyrese Halliburton. I think he's ready to, like, captain a very good offense right now. Um, they're surrounding him with shooting, you know, Buddy Heald, Chris Duarte, Benedict Matherin. They've got him in an ecosystem that, you know, theoretically, like even, even the big men on this team, like Jalen Smith, um, Miles Turner, Goga Batadze, 
can, you know, stretch the floor, take a couple three pointers um, every now and again. So I think these guys are going to be pretty good offensively, like even the backups, you know, they, they're going to have, you know, hopefully a few more minutes of TJ McConnell this year. He missed, he missed a lot of time last year, but he should be back in the fold. Um, I really like, I hope, I hope they have healed coming off the bench and Duarte and Matherin in the starting lineup as sort of a callback to the 2019, 20 Pacers bench unit that featured TJ McConnell and Doug McDermott. I was always a a big fan of the synergy that those two had with each other. And I think that McConnell and Buddy Heald could kind of be a similar thing, you know, combining TJ's ball dominance with a movement shooter. I think that could be pretty sexy, but then the next thing I wanted to talk about was this, um, this team's defense, because I don't think they're going to be, you know, some juggernaut defensively, but when you look at all the players last year who played over 400 minutes, the Pacers have the two league leaders in block percentage, Miles Turner and Isaiah Jackson, both blocked over eight and a half percent of opponent shots while they were on the floor. So these guys should be pretty good at protecting the basket. You know, Goga Batadze blocks quite a few shots as well. Although with Batadze and Isaiah Jackson, it's a bit interesting. While they do block a lot of shots, like opponents still like shoot pretty well at the rim with those two on the floor. And so there may be a bit of a Hassan Whiteside um, stat chasing element going on. Isaiah Jackson and Gogo Batadze are two players who I think I'm going to lock in on to start the season, kind of see what, what they're going to be up to. But even like Jalen Smith is a very good rim protector at the power forward position. I just, I just don't see how a team with competent guard play, good to great shooting and really solid rim protection. And they're well coached too. You know, they've got Rick Carlisle coaching this team. Like I don't think Rick Carlisle um, is going to be like trying to lose games or anything like that. And so I just, this, this is not a 23 win team. This is going to be a team that's like, I don't, I don't think they're going to make the plan, but I, I think it's more likely that they make the plan than that they win 23 games. So I'm going to give these guys 29 wins. I think this is just an atrocious number that Vegas came up with. And I think this is a, this is a pretty easy bet to make. If they do decide to tank, I suppose they could bring out guys like Terry Taylor and O'Shea Brissett. Like, like there are some bad players on this team. They could get to some lineups that are, you know, pretty tanktastic. But as long as they're trying to win, like this team looks pretty good in my opinion. I think that I, I agree. I'm a Halliburton fan too. And I think that he can uh he is capable of captaining a solid team, but I, I'm concerned about the his rosters, his surrounding uh so the surrounding cast ability to get on board with that mo, um, I do think, I do think the Vegas prediction is pretty low, but I, yeah, I'm gonna go way too low. I'm gonna go with 25, 24. <laughs> oh, I have a question because like I'm like looking at their roster right now. They do have big guys and stuff, but like when they have the, all those shooters in and stuff, like won't they be mm-hmm. pretty small? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Cause like what's Duarte, Duarte and healed are both like six, four, six, five, six, six. Right. Yeah. I guess that's not that, that's not that bad. Yeah. They don't really, they don't really have any small forwards on this team, but their shooting guards are pretty big for shooting yeah. guards. And so I think it'll probably be okay. Especially when they play Jalen Smith. Cause he's, he's pretty big for the power forward. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not really concerned about these guys height at all. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm going to have to go with 25 as well. What to me, it feels like Miles Turner never wants to be there, and he could be traded. Although they have said that he's gonna he's gonna start the season, and yeah. Um, but yeah, he could be gone by the end of the year. Last year was actually his career low in minutes. You know, he had that stress fracture in his left foot, so 
maybe having a a more full season of him will will be helpful. We'll see. I it's crazy because I think you guys are way too low on the Pacers, and yet you're still all over the um, yep. the Vegas line. So I just I don't I don't know where they got twenty three and a half from. Like makes very little sense to me. But um, yeah, who knows? How it stacked up against what they felt like the other teams would get, right? And they were just left with twenty three and a half. Yeah, they just kept pulling all the wins from the Pacers. <laughs> all right, what team should we go to next? Wouldn't it be weird to be on an NBA team and be like, going into the season, like, yeah, we, we're about to lose hella games, guys. <laughs> like, it is what it is. <laughs> Let's check in on the Toronto Raptors. Mm. Wait, so hang on. What was Vegas's? who did they have as winning the most games in the East? I think it was the Celtics. Yeah. Makes sense. Raptors. OG. Chris Boucher. Raptors are such an interesting team, and they're all just 6'8 and lengthy. Yeah. Yeah, 6'8 to 6'11. And even bringing an auto porter into the fold this offseason. They're just Mm. continuing to double Mm. down on the strategy. 3 and D, baby. It's a good strategy, Loki. Yeah, I really liked the Otto Porter signing. I thought a guy who um, I was very impressed with last season, who I'm kind of looking for to have a nice year um, this season as well, is Precious Achua. He's kind of a bit of an erratic player, a lot of highs and lows when he plays. Um, probably the worst touch around the basket that I've ever seen. <laughs> but he started to add a, a three-pointer to his game. You know, he's got a little bit of juice off the dribble. And then I think the really I'm kind of bearing the lead because he is just a ferocious rim protector and just gets every rebound. And so, um, and he fits into the height requirement. He's six eight, but they're gonna play him at center um a lot of the time. So interested to see what Achua can do this year. Obviously, we're gonna see the next step in the ascension of Scotty Barnes, um, Pascal Siakam. Is going to be these guys' best player. Um, not a lot of shooting on this roster. Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent are really, I think, the only two guys you'd probably want to categorize as plus shooters. You know, Boucher can shoot it a little bit for a big man. So can Achua, but shooting could be an issue for these guys. I'm going to give them 45 wins. Hey, Wancho and then, bro, I watched Hustle. It's pretty good. <laughs> I'm late to the party. I haven't seen that yet. That's good, man. I was late too. I just watched it a few weeks ago. Um, I'm gonna say that the uh Toronto Raptors win the East this year. That's a hot take. <laughs> That's a scorcher. That's a scorcher. Yeah. How many, many wins, how many wins that? did that take, Jonah? Definitely gotta be more than 46, right? It looks like it's going to have to be... You were handing out 50 balls to... (laughs) I know. It's going to have to be at least 56. No, it's going to get Celtic 60, baby. Wow. Um, So it's going to have to be high 50s. High 50s? High 50s or like mid 50s? You gave the Celtics 55, so it's going to be 56 or more. Okay. 56? (laughs) Sure. Man, 55 is a lot of games for the Celtics, man. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't take fifty six wins for the Raptors to the bank, but I think I'd have to. They're a tough one because mm-hmm. somehow, like, it's always a quiet win whenever they win. I feel like it's never mm-hmm. some headline. 
And they're they're like the Bucks too, where they just get every rebound. They force a lot of turnovers. They get out in transition. And these are like easily repeatable things. Like for the Raptors, it never comes down to like how many three-pointers they make or like stuff like that. That's kind of fluctuates from game to game. Like they do a lot of stuff just on that can be consistent. And so they grind out a lot of regular season wins and they're really well coached too. Yeah. I think they just sneak over at 46. I think they're going to be pretty good, man. I like their roster. I'll give it 48. We got 10 minutes, baby. All right, we can squeeze in one or two more teams. Should we go to the 76ers who had... I really liked the, I mean, yeah, they had an awesome offseason. Um, the DeAnthony Melton trade was really good. I thought only having to give up a first for him. Um, that first round pick became David Roddy, the mountain man. Um, excited to see David Roddy's career. But um, I think the 76ers made the right choice by exchanging his pick for Melton. Um, they also brought aboard PJ Tucker on the mid-level exception. And Daniel House, who was honestly one of the best minimum signings this offseason. Oh, really? I didn't. Okay. So really a lot of a lot more three-point shooting and a lot more defense to this roster that was already pretty good. They also, I didn't even mention this guy, but Montrez Harrell um on a minimum. Damn. And yeah, I think the units with Montrez Harrell and Harden, like giving Harden a pick and roll partner like Montrez Harrell, I I really think that could be rejuvenating for him. Um, you know, I say all that and I'm only gonna give these guys 51 wins. I still I still am a little hesitant to give a team where the two stars are like so injury prone. I don't, I don't want to get too crazy here. And also like Tyrese Maxey had a breakout season last year. He's so young. So maybe he'll like break out even more this year, but his three point shooting just took such a huge leap that I think it's possible. We see a little bit of regression. So I don't want to get too excited about the Sixers, but I did love their off season. I'm excited about them. I think they're going to win the East. No. Put it on paper, baby. 50. How many did I give the... Uh, what's my top team right now? Right now, your top team is the Nets. Or no, the Celtics. Or the Bucks with 53. You gave the Bucks 53. Damn. All right, I so, give the... I'm going to give the, the Sixers uh, 55. Mm. 49. I think Harden's gonna have a good year. I would, I would love to see a good year for James Harden. And he I think House nice... is gonna have a good year, yeah, and I think it. the other pieces they brought in will be more important in the playoffs. But yeah, yeah, we ha- we haven't even mentioned Tobias Harris's name. Like, I think yeah. he's still a very solid power forward. Yeah, I think they're a super deep team. I've, I'm giving them 53. I think Matisse Thybulle will have hopefully taken a step in the right direction and able yeah. to shoot a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. And they're just, yeah, they're a solid team. Doc Rivers is a, he's a regular season coach. That's, that is very true. That is very true. And yeah, Thibel, if he just could become like a 33% three-point shooter. Yeah, yeah, that's all it would take. But it seems like we may be a ways away from that happening. Although, yeah, I I hope him nothing but the best. Um, Should we go to the New York Knicks now? Of course. What's what's happening in, in, in the Big Apple? The worst Probably of the off season. I think yeah. What's going to oh, be happening oh. is a, is a lot of pull up jumpers in the elbow area between R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle. All oh, of them are left handed too, so they're all going to be like wanting to. Oh, true. They're all going to be occupying the same spots as the floor. Just 
probably one of the least cohesive lineups in the NBA. And I think with a, with a team like this, where you have so many players driving towards the basket, it might be nice to have like a stretch five who could like detract the room protector from the paint. But, but no, they're going to, they're going to be anchoring these lineups with Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein. So just some of the weirdest spacing in the NBA on this team, you know, Derek Rose, not, exactly an incredible shooter you know they do have fournier he shoots it pretty well emmanuel quickly um quentin grimes um it seems like everybody's in love with quentin grimes i i tend to agree with that notion but i i just can't see how this team's gonna work i really think i think um Thibodeau kind of struck gold in his first year with this team, really got them to buy into the defensive principles. It seemed like his charm may have started to wear off last year. Um, the defense regressed quite a bit. And I think this year is going to be closer to last year than it was to 2021. So I'm going to give these guys, I'm going to give these guys 35 wins. 39 and a half seems generous. Yeah. Man. I give them, uh, yeah, I go, I go 35 also. Mm-hmm. 38 I'll go 34 I, I just don't like this team in general like I don't like how it's structured at all it yeah. makes no sense to me yeah do you want to talk for just a second about Jalen Brunson because you you did call him the worst signing of the offseason are you just not a big Brunson guy or just not not for that amount of money not for that amount of money. Like I think okay. he's a good player, and I think he's he'd be a phenomenal sixth man on a great team. Absolutely, that's the role I see for him. I don't see him as like the like marquee player for a franchise, especially New York. Like that's that what you go to New no York for, though. To be yeah, just so they can watch him drive in, hit the low post, spin move, spin move, spin move. That's all he does. I'll, I'll just make this <laughs> one point before we change Zoom recordings. Like from Brunson's perspective. Is this really like so much better? Like I get being second fiddle to Luca, that all makes sense to me. But like now he's going to be sharing touches with Julius Randle, with RJ Barrett. Like I don't, I don't really see how he's going to be more prioritized in the offense here. Like I know Luca is like the highest usage player in the NBA, but at least you're the second fiddle behind Luca, and then guys like you know Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, Reggie Bullock, like they're not going to be taking up a ton of possessions. So I feel like he's going to have more opportunity in Dallas than he will in New York. But um, I would and- I think Luca elevates people, whereas Julius Randle trips over his feet and then kind of just brings everyone else down. Yeah. And then, yeah, smashes a tablet on the sideline or something. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get to our, our, new, our new Zoom link. All right. The final remaining three teams? Four teams. Four teams. All right, let's go, baby. Let's start with the Charlotte Hornets because I think these guys are going to suck. They won 43 They won forty three games last year. They had a solid season. Um, if memory serves, they actually had the point differential of a 44-win team, so they actually underperformed their point differential a little bit. Um, but Vegas is expecting them to take a big step back. They've got them pegged at 36.5. And, and there are a variety of reasons for that. I think the most obvious is the absence of one Miles Bridges. I don't want to delve too deeply into what his situation is. You know, based on the information we have right now, it seems like he may have done some things that are pretty reprehensible, but we'll wait for the legal system to run its course. It does seem that the Hornets will be without him for the majority of this season, at the very least. Um, although he may still be on the roster because he actually does have until October 1st to accept his qualifying offer 
which is worth 7.9 million. And then after October 1st, that'll expire unless the Hornets choose to um, extend it to March 1st, which they can do, but really there's no incentive for them to do that. And so I think that's going to be pretty unlikely. Um, You know, this is kind of in bad taste, but I think if I were Miles Bridges agent, I would certainly be advising him to take that qualifying offer. I don't really know what his legal situation is or what sort of communication he's had with the Hornets, but it does seem like at the very least he'll be facing some discipline from the NBA and it would be nice to get that suspension or whatever out of the way while he's signed to the qualifying offer. And then he can hit unrestricted free agent, unrestricted free agency in the summer of 2023. But um, yeah, even though I said I wouldn't talk about Miles Bridges and then I just did, but let's, let's jump to who these guys actually have. And I think where I want to start is with the other major storyline of the Hornets off season. And that is the um, reunion with Steve Clifford, um, who was the coach of these guys several years ago. And I actually liked the hire, you know, Steve Clifford, say what you want about him, but he does bring principles on defense and offense. His teams don't turn it over. Um, they don't force turnovers, but you know, they, they play fundamentally sound defense. And I, I think this team needs, needs that. Um, I don't think anybody watched the 2021 Hornets and thought to themselves, you know, wow, this is a, this is a very disciplined team. So I think the hiring of Steve Clifford will probably do these guys some good, but there will be some growing pains. You know, they were pretty solid last year, but a lot of that was, you know, smoke and mirrors. They had the sixth best offense in the NBA, but they were the best in transition. A lot of that came from how many turnovers they forced. They, they were sixth in the NBA and forcing turnovers. They were sixth in the NBA in steals, and they started fast breaks on 72% of those steals. And so um, that made up a huge part of their success on offense. But when you look at Steve Clifford's teams that he used to have in Charlotte, they finished 29th. 30th, 22nd, 27th, and 27th in forcing steals. And if you think that wouldn't lend itself to great transition offense, you would be correct because while he was in Charlotte, um, Steve Clifford captained the 27th, 29th, 25th, 27th, and 18th best um, transition teams in the NBA. And so I really think these guys' transition attack will be pretty neutered this year, which will have a hugely negative effect on their offense. I think the one saving grace will be LaMelo Ball just because he is one of the best rebounding point guards in the NBA, and he is looking to push fast breaks when he crashes the defensive of glass. And so I think they'll be able to sustain some amount of transition offense just from having LaMelo manning the point. But I think they will have a lot fewer steals this season, which is going to hurt them quite a bit. And as I alluded to, their half-court offense was quite pedestrian. They were the 13th best half-court offense in the NBA last season. Even more troubling, one of their best half-court offensive players was Miles Bridges. The Hornets were 6.6 points per 100 um, better with Bridges on the floor when it comes to half-court offense. And that was the highest mark on the team. So missing him is going to hurt. Um, he was really the one guy on this team who would really put a lot of pressure on the basket, you know, driving to the rim in the half court. He had 11 drives per 75 possessions, six and a half shots at the rim per 75 possessions with four of those being un- unassisted. All of those are very high for forwards. And he shot 68% at the rim, which is amazing as well. So I really think um, they're going to miss Bridges production this year. It puts a lot of, a lot of pressure on Gordon Hayward to stay healthy, which is something that he has not been able to do throughout his career. So I really think these guys' offense is going to take a pretty big step back. And then obviously I think their defense is going to take a pretty big hit as well because they won't be um, forcing as many turnovers. You know, James Borrego, 
um, surely had his flaws as a coach, but I actually think he got a lot out of this team on defense, just from a talent level perspective, you know, not a lot of great defenders on this team, especially um, at the center position where they have um, Mason Plumley, Kai Jones, you know, Mark Williams, just not really any established room protectors there. Um, the Hornets ran more zone defense than any other team in the NBA last season. So Brego just did a good job of like junking things up and like making things weird for the other team in a way that I don't think Steve Clifford um, will be able to replicate. And I do think that like, I do think that Clifford's the right hire in the law in the long run, but um, it'll be a tough year for these guys. I'm going to say 29 wins, which feels extremely pessimistic, but I am pretty down on these guys. I think that's I I saw they signed uh, Leangelo Ball to their summer league roster again. Yeah, the training camp league, roster. They like training camp. Yeah. And so I think, you know, he's just going to slowly climb the ranks until he's on the starting backcourt. All right. I'm giving him 55. <laughs> no, no, no. That was – no. But Scary okay. Terry, I think he's going to – That's true, yeah. To a, to a comfortable 28 wins. Yeah, I didn't mention Terry Rozier. <laughs> He's solid. Um, Kelly Oubre actually got a good offensive season for these guys oh, last year. True. You know, maybe PJ Washington progresses a little bit more. They still got Cody Martin. So there are some players on these on this team. Um, Mason Plumlee's still a legend, man. Yeah, Mason yeah, Plumlee's yeah. back. I actually I'm the, a, a solid two to three like nasty highlights <laughs> that will not at all represent the rest of his play, but. I'm a big fan of JT Thor. Maybe we can see a little bit more JT Thor this year. Um, I like Jalen McDaniels as well. Um, but... Oh, I like him. I, I think we'll win. Oh, wait. No, 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 not 40. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like, <laughs> um, I'll say 37. Kellen's got a lot of winners out here. You got a lot of winners. <laughs> Hey, anything's possible. <laughs> just nobody's bad. <laughs> they just, I give them a, the West. The West is a terrible record. An even 30. I, I had 37. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to the Atlanta Hawks, another Southeast team? Let's do it. The Hawks um, were another team that had a pretty exciting offseason. Gave up a few first round picks to bring in DeJounte Murray who actually like solves a lot of weaknesses for these guys. They really had nothing in terms of point of attack defense. I guess DeLon Wright was solid for him last year, but DeJounte Murray is going to be a step up in that regard. And then the backup point guard play was pretty miserable last year too. So I do think DeJounte Murray um, addresses some of those issues. For sure. For sure. I'm excited for that. I think that's a good dynamic. And I liked the action from him and it was the, whatever that league was. Oh, the Seattle one, yeah. the crossover. Yeah, that was good to see. That's the type of stuff that gets me excited about a player's season. Mm. And that's why I was saying like the Miami Heat, like a new hairstyle, that just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Weird. I think John Collins is going to win the MVP. I'll put the Atlanta Hawks. Can I just put my guess now? Yeah. Didn't. Hmm. Should I put one in the red just for fun? I'll say forty-four. Are you have? Do you have? Oh, you have the Nets in the red? No, J.K. That can't happen. The Atlanta Hawks are too good, bro. <laughs> what they? What they have last year? They they were bad last year. They were they yeah. were like 
they were the they finished ninth in the East and then only made the playoffs through the playing game. They, but wait, they must me, have guys. Is and then I'll change my answer. I'm doing forty-five. Oh, I think There's that no shooting way. shooting could be a big problem for these guys, which is a crazy thing to say about a team that has Trey Young on it. But I actually I think they're gonna miss um, Kevin Herter. I think they're gonna miss Danilo Gallinari a little bit. They bring in. DeJounte Murray, who shot only 34 and a half on catch and shoot three pointers. So I think just in terms of half court offense, these guys might take a step back. Like I think DeJounte Murray might hurt their offense. Um, these guys have the second best offense in the NBA though last year. So they, they can survive a bit of a hit to their offense. I still think that Trey Young is just really one of the elite point guards in the NBA. I still don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I think he's the second best point guard in the NBA. So he's going to keep these guys afloat to be sure. Um, I'm going to give him 46 wins. I'm starting to agree with you on that more and more each year. I strongly dislike Trey Young, but you know I'm gonna have to give him 47 because 45 and a half just it actually feels kind of low. Yeah, everyone's been on the like Dejounte Murray's been on the climb, and it seems like everyone's been even joining on the bandwagon for him. So plus, I think 45 and a half is low. What would you say about my prediction? Uh, I mean, appropriate. And this is this is um, a bit of an unfair comparison oh, to make. Really laggy just then. Steph, was, that was just me. Um, this is a <laughs> this is a bit of an unfair comparison to make. I think most people would regard Steph Curry as the best point guard in the NBA, myself included. But last season, Trey Young scored more points per thirty six minutes than Steph Curry did. He scored those points on higher efficiency. He had a higher true shooting percentage than Steph Curry did, and you know, it's easy to score more shots on better efficiency if you're getting easier looks, but no, only 20% of Trey Young's shots came assisted and 50% of Steph's shots came assisted. So oh, then he- Trey, Trey Young scored more points than Steph on better efficiency, even though he was creating those looks for himself. And Steph Curry scored fewer points on worse efficiency, even though he was assisted on half his makes. So Trey is... And Trey got way more assists per 36 than Steph did Good. with only like half. Wrap it up. With only like half an extra turnover. I think Trey assisted on 46% of his teammates made shots. Steph assisted on like 30% of his teammates made shots. Like Trey, I'm not saying what he's better than Steph. Nobody's, what are we trying to say here? I am. What are you no, trying to get at here, John? Nobody's, uh-huh. nobody's saying Trey's better than Steph. But I am. You know, right the, now the, I am, bro. This, I am. Trey this guy... This guy is legitimately one v one. This guy is on the uh, level. Not Trey. This guy's on the not level Trey. of like the LeBron, Steph, Jokic, Luka Doncic. Like he's that yeah. level of offensive player in the regular season. Does and Trey play defense? Does Trey yeah. play defense? I, I'm yeah. talking about offense in the regular I know. season. I know. I know. And I feel like people don't give him credit for that. I don't. I don't know if it's just because his defense is so terrible, or if it's because he's like still pretty young, or if it's because of the way he looks. But I feel like nobody like holds him. Holds him to that regard. <laughs> I feel like the Hawks, in order to actually like do well, they just need to be constantly going in transition. They kind of scare me when they slow down and set up a half court offense because it's fair. just a pick and roll every but, single time. Trey Young runs and does his floater. I like mean, in they, transition, they have so many different lob threats. It, it, I, I will push back against that though, because because these guys did have the best <gasps> half court offense in the entire NBA last season. So it's I, true. A, a, a Trey pick and roll, like that's a that's what I'm saying, like. 
a trade pick and roll is a pretty safe bet. Like that's great offense, I think. So I just find it so boring to watch it, when they yeah, just it, wait until eight seconds, set the screen. And there's go. there's a lot of foul baiting going on as well. A, a big yeah. part of a big part of Trey's offense is you know getting to the free throw line, which is something that Steph doesn't have to do as much. But you know that's yeah. that's a skill. Like we have to give him credit sure. for that because you know um, it all counts the same. And yeah, is that the whole um, East? No, we still got two more teams left Wizards. to go. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to the Wizards here. Taking Trey over Steph. Yeah. What? Got to. I'm thinking longevity, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. taking Jordan Poole over Trey any day. Yeah. I'm still I'm still taking yeah. Steph as the best point guard, but I will say Trey's a lot closer to Steph best than player, whoever you have I mean, at three is to Trey. Like Trey is closer to Steph than like Dame is to Trey. Trey's closer to Steph than Jaws to Trey. Luka. Like I would say Luke. I, I think uh Trey's a lot better than Luca, actually. What do you yeah, I would, he's a lot better than I, I guess I would consider Luca more of like a small forward, but yeah, if Luca's a point guard, then obviously yeah, he's better than Trey as well. I don't think so, bro. I think Trey's better. No, yeah, John bro. Morant's better than Trey Young. What the hell? No, he's not. Right? No, dude, come on. I would rather have John Morant than Trey Young. Yeah, I have no. someone on my team. <laughs> Go. Hell Usually, no. I always get singled out here. I think you're just having flashbacks of him. Dropping Jordan Poole in the playoffs. No, I'm having flashbacks of him almost pushing us out of the freaking playoffs. That was terrible. Like, yeah, but okay. Lucas is overrated. All right, so no, the Wiz- <laughs> actually I thought the Wizards. I, I thought the Wizards had a pretty good offseason. I re- I liked the Monte Morris trade quite a bit for him. I think he's just a solid point guard. He's He's going to set up all the shots for this offense, you know, take the pressure off Bradley Beal. Um, whatever looks Wes Unseld is trying to get for this team, whether it's, you know, um, a Bradley Beal pin down screen to the elbow or, you know, a Bradley Beal pin down to the elbow. I really think that Monte Morris is going to be able to, to set up any kind of offense for these guys. Um, DeLon Wright, that was a good MLS um, signing. I complimented DeLon Wright's defense when we talked about the Hawks. I think he's going to have a good year here for Washington. Kuzma. Really broke out last season, um, expecting big things from him. Rui Hachimura last season turned into a mid 40% three point shooter. Um, certainly not Damn. something, yeah, not something I want to count on this year, but um, an interesting development to be sure. Denny Avdia, you know, looks like he might be a up and coming defender. Uh, Johnny Davis, absolutely miserable in his first ever summer league. Don't know what to expect from him. Horrible pick. Yeah. Um, Corey Kispert was a bit of a non-entity in his first year on this team. Um, who knows if he'll figure in the rotation this year, but in any event, I'm going to give these guys 34 wins. That's where I'm going to. Dial me in for a big three, four. Cause I mean, why I'll not? go 35. Okay. We're still yeah, a <laughs> I think the unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis, yeah. is going to play like 20 games. I think Brad the Beal, the moment they start losing, is going to play 20 games. And you're still and higher on you're still higher on them than the rest of us are, even even with this. I mean, I just didn't want to be 34. Okay, fair enough. Um, so our Perfect. our last team's the Detroit Pistons, who oh. 
had a pretty exciting offseason getting Jaden Ivey. Um, they also drafted Jalen Duran. So those two guys will be fun to watch. They made the trade for Boyan Bogdanovich. They didn't have to give up much. They added a lot of salary in that trade. I think their team is $7 million more expensive than it was before. But it just in terms of players, Kelly Olenek and Saban Lee seems like a very reasonable price to get somebody like Boyan Bogdanovich. And I think these guys are going to win 31 games. So you got Bogdanovich and Cunningham. Yeah, you've got Jay Nivey. Jay going to be in the starting lineup. And then aside from that, it's a new Purdue yeah, guy. He, yeah. Fifth overall pick. I think I said fourth overall, but um, that was cool. Keegan Murray. It's, it's, it's similar to like John Moran. Why did they take him? Is he good? Like, he's pretty raw talent, I'd say. I don't know if Joe knows anything on the contrary to say. Yeah, definitely raw. He had he had some exciting moments in summer league, um, especially in the first quarter of that game bef- in the Wizards before Isaiah Todd murked him with the sprained ankle. Um, so we'll see. Jonah, I mean, who was the guy that you sent me a highlight tape of? Trey Mann. He plays for the Thunder, though. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. He, no there was a, maybe this was last year. Never mind. Trying to think of guys on the Pistons who I've been high on. Um, this, this team, you know, say what you will, they will have a lot of front court depth. You've got Jalen Duran, um, you've got Isaiah Stewart, Nerlens Noel. They brought back Marvin Bagley. So, so this team will have no shortage of centers to choose from. Um, and Marvin started playing better. At he did. Team. Yeah, he did. Oh, really? I right, think this play. is. What'd you say? Thirty. I think this is Killian Hayes' breakout year. Oh, I I totally <laughs> forgot Killian Hayes is on this team. In what? How do you, three. How do you, is, is that a real prediction? Do you, are you still pretty high on Killian Hayes? No, I think okay. it's like bad, but yeah, twenty-seven. And now they have their backcourt is so deep. I don't think he's really going to play. Yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to imagine that he does, but. I think this about wraps it up for the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we've gotten through all the teams. Um, just to recap, let's take a look at where we have the standings. I guess we'll start out with mm, Shannon. Yes, let's go. Who has the Philadelphia 76ers, Milwaukee Bucks, Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics, Toronto Rafters, Cleveland Cavaliers, Atlanta Hawks, and Miami Heat, with the Chicago Bulls barely missing out on the playoffs. That's beautiful. I'm a little less optimistic on the Bulls, but I have the same eight teams in the playoffs. Kellen. Um, the Raptors, me. <laughs> yeah, Kellen has the same eight teams, but a lot higher on the Toronto Raptors. And Wait, I had the Cavs really high. Holy shit. You had the Cavs at the fourth seed. I think that that's a reasonable take, I would that's say. Reasonable. And then, yeah, we all have the same eight playoff teams. So a little bit boring, oh, yeah, but yeah. I think pretty accurate. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. If we out of all the eight teams, what ones would be like least likely to make it? Probably the Heat. I think oh. the Hawks. Oh, really? Yeah. Because so much like depends on Trey Young. Like if Trey Young misses any time, I feel like the Hawks could really fall off. And if Bogdan Mogdanovich like misses time too, they're gonna have so little shooting. Yeah. And the Heat always like 
they play very well at the end of the season. They're going to they, get in. I have them at A, but I I don't think they'll miss the playoffs. I don't think they're losing. The Heat are the Heat always just find also just a bunch of like random rotation players who can fill in minutes for them, yeah. and so they're they're a bit of a regular season juggernaut. All right, do you guys think we can wrap this up? Yeah. Thank you, Jonah. Always a oh, yeah, pleasure. Thank you guys. You share your knowledge with us. Well, I don't, I don't know how much I had today, but yeah, we'll be back for the Western Conference in a few weeks, maybe. Sounds good. Let's do it, baby. All right. Bye, guys. Yeah, boys. See you.